0: A beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you so. Let's make the most of this beautiful day since we're together. We might as well say Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Hi, neighbor. It's getting old going through that door, right? I got to tell you, I I I don't know about you, but after this is how I fight my battles, I'm like, let's go. Let's go. I'm so ready to get in the ring and fight right now. Ah, I'm so hyped for that. So I apologize for all of you in advance. Because that worship set got me going. We are in our final week of our teaching series, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about why being a good neighbor is a big deal. Right? It was a big deal to Fred Rogers, you know, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. But for Jesus, that guy, it was the biggest deal, right? And the Bible will read the story about some people, they wanted to challenge Jesus and really back him into a corner and say, what is the biggest deal, Jesus? What is the most important commandment? This is what Jesus responded with, Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally. Everybody say, equally. Equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. This is what Jesus said was the most important thing as a follower of his. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. But let's be honest. Lately... It feels like that message has gotten lost. Don't believe me? Turn on the TV. How long, oh Lord, will the commercials and the ads continue? How long, oh Lord, turn on the news? Jump on social media. And you'll see plenty of opinions being shared about a lot of things. But if you look closely, you'll hear things come out. Opinions about who Jesus is and what his followers look like. Specifically as it pertains to which political party they're associated with. Man, and if we're being honest with ourselves, this should be really disheartening. It hurts my heart because so much of what I see being said about Jesus or what it means to follow Jesus isn't at all what I see from his word, what I've experienced or what I have locked in the treasury of my heart. What I think it looks like to follow Jesus is John 13. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus said that his disciples, his followers, emphasis on his three-letter word, his, said that his followers would be known for what? How they love So, who are you following? And before you say Jesus, because that's what you're supposed to say in church, who are you following if we looked at our actions and not our words? Who would the world say that we follow? Kelly used to say this to me all the time. For those of you that don't know, Kelly's my wife. Kelly used to say to me all the time, you know, back when we were dating, you know, she was wondering if I was actually going to get my life together because many moons ago I was a hot mess. I am still a mess. I'm just not hot anymore. So, <laughs> y'all ain't got to laugh that hard about it. <laughs> Dang. Ooh, it's the white in my beard showing. Well, I've lost a step. I'm still a train wreck. But listen, you know, back then I'd be like, baby, I love you. I love you. I promise I'm going to get my life together, blah, 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 blah. She would say, don't tell me. Show me. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to say I love you. Don't tell me that. Show me that. It's exactly what I needed to hear. She wears a shirt that says, tough love. (laughs) The world needs some of that right now, Matthew 18. If we asked ourselves, who are we really following, and we put that parameter on it, don't tell me, show me, in your actions, who would the world say that you're following right now? Who are you following? Oprah? Hannity? Trump? Biden? Yoda, (laughs) who are you following? Because Jesus said, "If if you're following me, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And that is what this whole series is about. How to dig in and truly love one another, beginning with our neighbor. And as long as God allows me to be a leader at Whitewater... I want the world to know that when we say this family, this family, we will be known as a community of disciples that loves God with everything we have and loves our neighbor as ourselves. Amen to that. Sounds nice. How do you do it? I mean, really, you know. How do you enter into the process of being a great neighbor? Because it is a process. It is not perfection. And some of you have a really hard time with that. It's okay. I know it's hard. But this is a process. At Whitewater, we say that we're all about helping people find hope and a home in Jesus. Essentially, we're talking about life transformation in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, that sounds great, right? Well, I'm glad you can say words, John. But how's that really happen? Because there's no magic formula. I wish, I wish there was. And, and, and don't get me wrong, God can and will change someone's life, however and whenever he wants. But I think that it is safe to say that life transformation happens best in the context of relationship. Everybody say Relationship. So how do we move from being a stranger to our neighbors to having a relationship with our neighbors? Obviously, you throw a party. Some of you are like, yeah, I like this Jesus guy. Let's throw a party. Some of you now are excited about following Jesus. This isn't the only way you build a relationship with your neighbor but throwing a party is an easy way that we can move from being a stranger to being in relationship. Track with me. To be in relationship, you have to move from being a, a stranger to being an acquaintance. From being an acquaintance to being in relationship. And a lot of times that starts with learning your neighbor's name. Did you do that? Over the last several weeks, we said the first thing you've got to do is learn the name of your neighbors. Did you do that? How are you doing? Have you learned your 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 neighbor's names. If you haven't watched the last three weeks, please go check out on our website. Go to the archives and watch the last three episodes. I promise God will use them to bless your life. To bless the life Jesus is calling. (laughs) It might be important. Might want to pick that up. Breakthrough is coming. I know. A breakthrough. He's calling. Did you learn your neighbor's name? Because once you know your neighbor's name... The table was set to step in and start investing into their life because now you're an acquaintance. Because once you're an acquaintance, listen, you now can speak into like, you know, you're, you're no longer like, hi neighbor, hi neighbor. And you don't have to like hide, like, oh, please don't make eye contact. You're an acquaintance now. You can start investing. But listen, please, please do this in a cool way. Like, be cool about this, right? Like, trust me, please don't jump from learning someone's name to asking questions about their salvation. Oh, you laugh, right? You know, like, hi, neighbor, nice to meet you. I know we haven't talked to each other in eight years, and I've lived here that long, but my name's John. Nice to meet you. What's your name? Bob. Bob, man, it's so nice to meet you. I'm glad I know your name. Bob, listen, if you died today, would your soul burn in the fires of hell? You laugh, but this has happened to me. Straight up, I've had people knock on my door and do that exact thing. Life transformation happens best in the context of relationship. Jesus didn't command us to become acquaintances with our neighbor. He said love them. To love someone, you have to be in some sort of relationship. So why not throw a party? It's a great way to build relationships. Jesus knew the power of a great party. Don't believe me? Read your Bible. (laughs) Seriously, read your Bible. For those of you who like extra credit, go through the Gospels, and I want you to walk through and take note of every time Jesus was at a party, a wedding party, a banquet, a dinner party. Walk through all of it, and then track all of the life transformation that followed it's a lot and today I want us to look at one party in particular it's in the gospel of Luke chapter 5 verse 27 if you want to follow along now leading up to this party in particular Jesus has been performing miracles he's been healing people he's been calling people out he's been calling people in to follow him Some people loved Jesus. Some people hated Jesus. Look, if anyone ever tells you that Jesus' ministry was calm and peaceful and everybody got along and they held hands and sang kumbaya, they're not reading the Bible, okay? Turbulence is dead ahead when you are on mission with Jesus, In Luke 5, Jesus is on the move. Verse 27 says this. Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come not to call those that think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. There is so much in this text. The first thing we have to ask ourselves is who is Levi and does he make a skinny jean? <laughs> I got dad jokes. <laughs> Who's Levi? Levi is a tax collector, right? A Jewish man who was coerced into by the Romans to, to be uh, someone who would collect taxes on his own people. And as a result, Levi, like all tax collectors, was hated and despised. So, with that in mind, think about this. Enter into the world of Levi ridiculed, hated, despised, isolated, alone. A Jew who was cut off by his own people. Levi has been called every name in the book, yelled at, spit at, treated like an animal. And then a rabbi enters the scene. And you have to understand, like, being a a rabbi was a really big deal in the Jewish faith. A huge honor, a position that so many young boys aspired to, but so few ever attained. And so a rabbi who's making, like, quite a stir all over the place, you know, he's been performing all these miracles. He passed by this tax collector's booth and he stops and he looks at Levi And instead of calling him vile names like everybody else, this rabbi calls him to follow him. The greatest invitation a rabbi could ever give someone, it was held for the brightest and the best. And Jesus looks at Levi, of all people, and says, follow. Listen, somebody needs to hear this today. What you've been called does not define the calling on your life. God is calling you out of your past. He's inviting you to step into the future that he has planned for you. I don't know if you know this or not, but Levi, the tax collector, is also known as Matthew, the gospel writer, The disciple of Jesus, whose book in the Bible has the largest and greatest collection of Jesus' teaching out of every other book in the Bible. Is that a coincidence? I mean, think about that. Of course he's going to capture and hang on every word that Jesus says because his entire life, his identity, his worth, all of it was transformed because of this moment when Jesus calls him out of his past. And some of you need to hear that, that the past names that you've been called are not what define you. You need to step into the future name that God has given you, his beloved, blessed, and highly favored, a child of the king, a masterpiece. This is who you are in the eyes of God. I don't care what names you've been called. You are a child of the king. Stand up, walk tall, lift up your head. There's nothing for you down there. Hold the crown on your head that's been given to you as royalty. You are worth dying for. This is who you are. Can you imagine the weight of this moment for Levi? Some of you can. When people have called you names, questioned your integrity, questioned your character, questioned who you are, called you all sorts of names. And you you feel like you've been left and abandoned. And given up on? And Jesus steps into this moment and says, You're mine. I choose you. Can you imagine what that felt like? Can you imagine what it feels like? I hope so. That's what he does to every single one of us. I don't care what you've done. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. Nothing. Those aren't my words. Those are his words. Listen, he is calling you out of darkness. He is calling you out of shame, out of a dickness, out of your past. He is calling you out and stepping into something that is so much brighter than you can even imagine. When Jesus calls Levi, <laughs> I love that, man, he says, well, what's the scripture say? He says he got up and he left everything. <laughs> well, of course, after all the garbage that he has endured, <laughs> When this rabbi calls him out, he leaves everything. What I love even more is that when Jesus calls Levi, church, hear this. When Jesus calls Levi, Jesus didn't tell Levi to go get all of your friends and come down to the temple. Someplace where they would have definitely felt uncomfortable. Instead, Jesus went to where they were comfortable. Even at the risk of putting his reputation on the line. Are we willing to put our reputation on the line to love our neighbor regardless of who our neighbor is? We need to make it a priority to love and understand That the people that God has placed around us, please catch that, God has placed your neighbors around you, not Coldwell Banker. God, for such a time as this, these are your neighbors. God has positioned you, has stationed you, you're not stuck, with these neighbors, to intentionally invest in them and build relationships with them regardless of what they believe or how they act. That's what being a good neighbor looks like. And when Jesus calls Levi, what is the next thing that Levi does? Throws a party, right? And Jesus doesn't think twice about going to this party, right? Can you imagine, like, inviting Jesus to a party, right? And Jesus isn't like... Ooh, I don't know. That could be risky. I mean, is there going to be gluten free bread? Will, will there be drinking? Oh, what will the Sanhedrin think? So many of you, you didn't even realize that I knew Sanhedrin. <laughs> Jesus went to this party, even though he knew that by going to this party, he would be criticized by the religious leaders and take it a step further. The fact that the religious leaders questioned Jesus for attending this party or hanging out with such scum—let me use that—the the Bible's words—this kind of indicates that this party probably wasn't one of those Mountain Dew and pizza parties, right? It wasn't a church potluck. And don't get me wrong, before you send me emails, I love a good potluck just like anybody else, and those are fine and lovely, and I've been to my fair share. But let's be honest, those are typically, like, everybody there already knows everybody else, and it's most people there already know how much Jesus loves them, and they're already connected in a community. This was a party! And when the Pharisees question Jesus, Jesus has every opportunity to be like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I shouldn't be here. You're right. It wouldn't be good for my public image to be seen here with James and John as as they're doing keg stands in the back. Oh, man, this is going to be bad. You know darn well that the Sons of Thunder knew how to party. You don't get a name like Sons of Thunder with Mountain Dew and Pizza. But Jesus doesn't do this. In fact, he does the opposite. He defends his right to be right there. He doesn't back down because this is why he came. For these unsavory people are the reason why he stepped down from his heavenly throne He is using this opportunity to hang out with and build relationships with people who don't yet know him. When is the last time that you've been accused of doing something like this? How does this text make you feel? I wish you could see what I see up here. I'm a nonverbals guy. I read nonverbals on people like crazy. It's an art and a science, and I'm so fascinated by it. <laughs> For some of you, this text liberates you. It's like, oh, this makes all the sense in the world. For some of you, this text is challenging, and it's challenging your, your ideas and thoughts and framework of relationship building and evangelism, and that's okay. It's okay if there's tension. Lean into the tension. Growth happens in the tension. Here's why this matters. Throwing a party to get to know your neighbors, creating that space, it may be just what Jesus uses to help somebody have their Levi moment. Guys, I genuinely think we have like, f- taken for granted the power of, of inviting someone to a party. It's so simple. Yet in one action, you're saying that I want to know you and be known by you. And right now we have communities of people who are desperate to be known. So please, as we invite you out to to throw parties and be good neighbors, please remember you never know where you are stepping into someone else's story. So please step softly. Step with grace. Step with compassion. Please don't step with judgment and righteousness. Our neighbors are hurting right now. If you've been doing your homework, you know this. Our whole worlds are upside down. So much has shifted. Anxiety is the number one thing Google searched. There's so much weight right now. Our neighbors just need to know Jesus loves you. He is for you. And that's our job. To tell them that I am for you. Please don't be like the Pharisees in our story. The Pharisees, they like kind of wrapped up their brokenness, their sin. You know, they wrapped it up and hid it real well. They wrapped it in respectability. They made themselves, you know, appear to be godly by by pointing out all the sins in other people. And saying all the right things and hanging out with all the right people. But who did Jesus choose to hang out with? The people who thought they weren't good enough. The people who thought that their brokenness made them unlovable. Do we see that? Are we allowing that to change who we hang out with? Do we hang out with who Jesus hung out with? The marginalized, the broken, the lost, the passed over? Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Like there is a spectrum of brokenness and we're all on that spectrum. Okay? We're all broken. In Romans 3.23, God's word says that every one of us, every one of us has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We're all broken. Broken doesn't just look like living on the street and selling your body to survive. For some, it does. For some, that is exactly what their brokenness looks like. And for some of you, that is exactly where God is leading you to move and become a good neighbor. But brokenness also looks like those who are afflicted with wealth. Some of you are like, can I please get afflicted with that disease? I will take a side of corona and that disease if I could just be afflicted with wealth, right? (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. Some of you intimately know the hell of loneliness that is so often associated with the burden of wealth. Constantly asking yourself, like, are, are these people really, my friends? Are, are they actually, you know, interested in me or just interested in what I can do for them? This is why so many wealthy people sink into depression and escape into unhealthy relationships and, and bad habits. Please don't underestimate the weight of wealth on your neighbor. Jesus holds them to such a high standard. His words to the wealthy are so convicting. His words, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. His words, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Wealth is an incredible entrustment, but it's a sizable burden. For some of you, God is asking you to be a good neighbor to the wealthy. To love them as a good neighbor, not because of what they can give you, but because of what you can give them. Hope. Who is Jesus asking you to invite into your life, to invite to your party? If your life has been impacted by Jesus, don't you want as many people as possible to experience that same transformation? I love that that was Levi's first reaction to throw a party. He wanted everybody to know that, like, guys, listen, if Jesus' love is for me, it can be for anybody. There are people in your sphere of influence, in your neighborhood, who are desperate to hear that message. It's time for us to be like Levi, right? To throw a great party. You have our permission. More than that, we want to help you. Really. Really. Seriously, if there are tangible obstacles that would keep you from throwing a party for your neighbors, we want to hear from you. We want to help remove those obstacles. If you want to have a cookout for your neighbors and you don't have a grill and you legitimately can't afford one, please reach out to me and I will get you one. We want you to throw a great party think of this, you know, lots of people aren't going to be the ones to initiate throwing a party in your neighborhood for your neighborhood. And because of this, we have this incredible opportunity to be like the relationship hub for our street and for our hallway and for our our complex, for our community. Throw a party! I don't care what kind of party it is, a holiday party, a a whatever you want to call it party, a just because, an ice cream social, a barbecue, it can look like whatever you want it to look like. Ask your friends to help you. Remember last week, we're better together. Don't do this alone. Like Halloween is right around the corner. Man, what a softball. We're just lobbing it up to you. Throw a great Halloween party. I know COVID is a barrier, but it's a barrier. That's it. Don't let it be like a complete deal breaker. Like, use it to your advantage. Reach out to your neighbor and be like, hey, I know COVID, you know, with a mask. Reach out and be like, man, I know this COVID thing has been crazy, right? Like, it's just everybody cooped up inside. So, listen, we're actually going to throw a party for our neighborhood. We're going to be safe and, you know, socially distance and mask and all that. Like, but, but man, we're just going to throw a party and just to get outside of the house and, you know, celebrate Halloween, you know, just, you know get to know our neighbor, COVID just gave you the perfect, like, opening line to a party. You're welcome. (laughs) We have great weather right now. There's so much great weather still ahead, right? It's a perfect time for s'mores. We were doing that last night at our place. It was so cool. We had s'mores up. We got this little projector. We projected it up on the side. We were watching football outside doing s'mores. All things pumpkin spice. It's perfect for cookouts and bonfires, Use Halloween as your catalyst. Throw the coolest Halloween party you've ever imagined. And we want to see all the pictures, the ones that are appropriate. Because some of y'all, when you order Halloween costumes, y'all y'all, y'all ain't right. <laughs> and y'all that make the Halloween costumes make them look like that. A nurse is supposed to look like a nurse, not like that. We want to see the appropriate pictures. Send them to us throw a great halloween party have the coolest house on the block we want to help you you saw that video light up the night we actually want to help you light up halloween night we're going to give away glow sticks you think it's corny but it's so cool at night when it's just filled with glow sticks everywhere light up your neighborhood light up halloween night those of you know what i'm talking about you know what to do but those of you who don't like me who are new here's the deal we're giving away glow sticks to you to light up Halloween night. You have until October 25th to reach out to tell us how many glow sticks you need. Glow sticks for those that are going to be at your party. Glow sticks for the kids and people that are going to be on the street and trick-or-treating. Add up that number, add 20, and then reach out to us, to our website. There's a right on the home page. Click on that. Tell us how many you need and we'll get you those. With all of the darkness and junk we're wrestling through right now, this is just a simple reminder for all of us to be a great light in the darkness. If you need help right now, guys, please reach out. You are not in this alone. I don't care what kind of help you need. We have an incredible staff. An incredible group of volunteers. People that are here. Elders that, are, that were positioned to serve you. How can we help you? What do you need from us how how do you need help to throw a party some people just need help they haven't thrown a party before how do i do it that's great it's a great question we'll help you i have some experience if you want to throw a block party this is awesome like go to this website artofneighboring.com resources you can click on the literally block party resources block party kit It literally, step-by-step, how to do it. I mean, from calling to make sure you're legal, like permits, like it literally every step of the way. We want to help you. (sighs) With all that our neighbors are going through right now, throwing a block party, a cookout, a euchre party, they're just ways for us to be intentional. You matter. You're not alone. So many of us need that right now. With all the things that we can be known for right now, let us be known as that community of Jesus' disciples actually loves God with everything we have and loves our neighbor as ourself. Let that be what we're known for. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you have allowed each one of us to gather today in the room or online to be reminded of how much that we are loved. Jesus, help us to push past the obstacles, to push past the fears, to push past all the barriers that the evil one will try to put in our way so that we think we can't be a good neighbor. Jesus, help us to step out in boldness, to be strong, courageous, knowing that you're right there with us, even in the, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of corona, in the midst of all of this, you are bigger than all of it. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. So let us claim that as a truth. Jesus, let's step forward this day forward with your love. In all that we do, it's in your name that all God's people say, amen. Amen.